welcome to another episode of the No Generations Left Behind podcast. I'm your host, Shani Muhammad, and today's topic is how to use trust funds to create generational wealth. Today's guests are the Wealth Twins. We have Nadia and Nicole. They are both millionaires who teach you how to invest, make, and manage your money so that you can become financially independent and fire your boss. So welcome, <laughs> ladies. Thank you for having us, Shawnee. Yes, thank you, Shawnee. Of course. Let's jump right in it and let's talk about what is actually a trust fund. Well, well go ahead. Nicole. You want me to take, well, trust fund is actually just a legal document that allows you to set up an account that you can play as, place assets for the benefit of others. So it's a legal document that should be set up by an estate planning lawyer. Yeah, I think a lot of people get confused because when you say trust fund, you think of it's like some monolithic thing, but the trust fund is just a document that says, put these assets into this account for this purpose. And there's two different types of trust. You have an irrevocable trust and you have a revocable trust. And there's different nuances to both. Okay. And if you could discuss the, uh, the nuances with each one. Okay. Well, a revocable trust is something that can be changed by the grantor or the person who's um, is a creator of the trust. So say you have some money that you wanted to put in a trust for your children or beneficiaries, you can change that trust as you're alive and keep making updates to it, right? What an irrevocable trust, once it's set up and it's signed, there's no more changes that can be done to that unless the trustee or the beneficiary agrees to those changes. So that's more of a more stringent type of trust. So now, a revocable trust is more living, a living document. That's another name for a revocable trust is a living trust because mm -hmm. you can change it while you're alive. Now, both the revocable and irrevocable trusts are all handled by a neutral third party. So that's one of the things that people should be made aware of. It's a neutral third party. Okay. And what are the main ways a trust fund protects generational wealth? Okay, I would say one, it protects it from creditors because you know a lot of people, when they talk about protecting your wealth, they might talk about a will. A will is a first step because a will is a private document while you're alive, but once you pass, it becomes a public document and becomes public record. So any creditor that you had can come after you for your will and know what you have and get that money before, put a claim on that money before your you know, your beneficiary. So that's one way that a trust can protect you because a trust is a private document living when you're passing or while you're alive, okay? Uh, two, for tax purposes, you take assets out of your net worth, put it into a fund, a trust fund, and then that allows your, your, um, the taxes to go down. So the taxes are no longer under your net worth. So that's a, a second way that a trust fund can help you. And here's a third way. If you have someone that you want to be able to leave money to, but you know they're not very responsible with money, you can set it up so that they have certain payments that are a certain amount doled out to them instead of them being able to blow the money all at once. So maybe it can be passed down another generation beyond that person. So the money is not wasted on one person doing irresponsible things with the money that you left behind. Yeah, you know, I like to follow up on what Nadia said. Really what a trust fund does is direct your wishes of where you want your wealth to go. Yeah, when you're no longer able to. Either when you pass or when you're no longer 
mentally capable of doing it yourself. So that's a great thing that a trust can do to protect your generational wealth. Thank you. Um, and can you please address the ultra wealthy, the use of the dynastic trust and the, um, and basically why do we have those? So a dynastic trust is used by the ultra wealthy, like you said, so like the top 1% of the country and mainly is used as an asset protection in terms of taxes. One, um, they have this estate tax that you pay if you have over 10 million in net worth in the state. So it doesn't affect that many people. But if you put that most of your assets in a dynastic trust, you can uh, get around that tax. Two, it helps your heirs. Say you're, one of your heirs is going through a bankruptcy and or they're getting divorced. A dynastic trust can stipulate when the distributions happen so that they're not happening constantly. So that if you're going through a bankruptcy or a divorce, you won't get a distribution. So that person, your creditor, won't have access to your trust fund. So it's a way to protect that wealth of the ultra wealthy. And it's actually, I've, I've been looking into it. They say anyone, if you have, if you're leaving your children more than $500,000 in assets, a dynastic trust is a nice way to handle that. Okay. And what can parents do to ensure their beneficiary, beneficiaries aren't foolish with their inheritance? Um, what can they put inside of the trust? Sure you put limitations on when the money is going out, how much money is being paid out and to who. You can put stipulations on what the restrictions are. If you want to leave money to that person, what do they have to do in order to, what are the requirements for that person to reach before they're given that money? No, so say age limit. Yeah. I don't know if you watch Power. So if you watch Power, that's like what Ghost did <laughs> with, uh, with his son is like, well, he has to finish school before he's able to reach this money. So that's certain kind of restrictions that you can put on the money. Okay. And a lot of people, they have like a negative connotation um, about trust fund babies. Why would somebody who is like a working class um, want to invest or look into this for them? Well, like we said before, it's just a way for you to direct how your wealth is spent. Now, if you as a parent know what type of child you're raising, right? And depending on how you're raising, doesn't matter if it's a trust fund baby or not, the person is gonna be spoiled. But the trust fund is just for you to direct how do you want your wealth spent and what requirements do you have on it? So I think the negative connotation comes from all the movies where you see, oh, it's just rich kids and all those kids just go and play around with the money. When in reality, a lot of people that have a trust fund are hardworking adults who are responsible with their money. Yep. Okay. Before we go, ladies, is there anything that you would like to say or add that, that I didn't already ask you? Well, I would say if, instead of thinking, well, two things. One, if you're looking into setting up a trust, don't do it online by yourself. I know there's a lot of things that you can pay $100 or a little bit more and get a, a trust set up, but that will probably cost you more money in the end if something does happen and that trust has to go into effect. If there's too many loopholes or something's just not done right, you're actually gonna miss out on what the benefits of a trust can actually give you, right? So hire an estate planning lawyer. If you have, like a lot of people have um, 
law legal services that you can do like you could pay a certain amount through your job each month and a lot of times those job legal services will give you an estate planning uh, lawyer for free because you're paying for that on a monthly basis so i know several companies i used to work for we used to be able to pay on a monthly um, basis and be able to almost have like legal insurance right uh, another thing is don't let the cost of setting up a fund stop you because you can set up something a little earlier like a utma so UTMA is a custodial account that you can set up for your children. But the thing is, if they're the beneficiaries of that account, you have full, like, have full access to the account and you can do what you want with the money and buy stocks and different things for them. But once they turn 18 or 21, depending on the state that you're in, they have full control of that money. So if you want to do something for them and do a trust but want to start out easy with not a lot of paperwork, you can start with a UTMA. Now, I wanted to actually go back to what you said. Why would a working class person look at a trust fund? I think another uh, reason why is if you have a disabled child yep. or someone that might not be able to take care of themselves and you want to make sure they're taken care of when you're not able to take care of them. Yeah. A trust fund can do that and also not affect their payments they might be receiving. Or any programs that they're part of. So like, say you have a child who is like, severely handicapped and may need government services or may have be like, you wanna make sure they're taken care of after you pass. If you don't leave those assets to them in a trust, that looks like income for them. So they will lose those services, you know? So if you want someone to be able to maintain their way of life and make sure that they're taken care of, a trust is one of the best ways to do that. And then when it comes to what steps you can do right away, the first thing you can do is make sure that on any account that you have, you have a beneficiary listed. I know that a lot of times we think we might've done in the past. So we've had accounts before we had children and maybe prior the marriages. prior to marriages, maybe that beneficiary that you have on is not the one you want anymore. Okay, even on checking accounts and savings accounts, just bank accounts, you wanna make sure upon your passing that account can go to someone, if not, even getting access to a bank account to just help pay for funeral costs can't be done because that will go through probate. So even just having your, your beneficiary name on your bank account will help them immediately access the account to help with funeral costs, things like that. Yeah, so the first step anyone can do is put a beneficiary on all their accounts. Or make sure it's updated because say you were married before, you have a divorce or you have older children but then you remarried and you have younger children now, their original partner could still be on those accounts for you. And that may not be in accordance with what you want to happen if you do pass. I think a lot of people were caught off guard with that when COVID hit. So it's just a matter of making sure you know who the beneficiary is and making sure it's up to date too. Yeah, and all this can be done. We like to call it an adulting day. You know, you take one day, it could be a weekend or you could say, you know what, this is going to be, you know, a mental health day and say, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to make sure I have my beneficiaries. I'm going to research, you know, an estate planning uh, lawyer. I'm going to, you know, do my homework. Which one do I want? Uh, revocable or irrevocable? Maybe a dynastic, you know, what can I put in there? Just take one day out for yourself. If you really are serious about the generational wealth and you're serious about all that wealth you accumulated, then you have to take at least a day out to make sure that you pass it on correctly. Very informative. Thank you, ladies. Before um, we go, can you please let my audience know 
where they can find you online. And if they want to know more about how to use their own money to build their wealth, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Well, you can find your audience can find us at www.wealthtwins.com. We're also on YouTube under the same name and Instagram. And we'd be great if you follow us on Instagram because that's where we put our um, most up-to-date content. We try to start publishing there daily now, if not daily, weekly. And if you want to get more insider information, you should definitely join our list. We have a lot of resources that are available for people. You join our list and we give a lot more information on our um, community list than we do in the public forums because we want to make it a more intimate and more proactive meeting with our community. Yes, and on Instagram, if you followers follow us on Instagram, they can click the link in our bio and that will start them off on their journey to investing where we just give them a free guide about the 25 must know terms that you should know when starting how to invest. And like you said before, Nadia and I are both uh, millionaires. I don't like to <laughs> really say that very often, but we are here to help. We're very accessible in terms of our knowledge and you know, we want to make sure that we make this information accessible, affordable, and just break it down so that it's not something that's intimidating for anyone. Yeah, we didn't start off as millionaires. We came from a very different background, okay? So we understand how it is, and we understand the hunger that it takes to make sure that you want to change the trajectory of your family, and we're here to be those role models for people who want to do that. Excellent, excellent information. Very insightful. I appreciate all of the knowledge. I know my audience is going to get a lot and take a lot from it. Um, so thank you ladies again. Have a great rest of your day. And um, we'll be posting this podcast sometime next week. And I'll give you guys a shout out or a notification on DM when um, it goes live. Okay, okay great. great. Thank you, Shani. Thank Shani, for having us. And you have a great day as well. All right. Bye-bye.